rolling, rolling. This episode's gonna come out next week. <laughs> no acknowledgement of that. No, I'm just. Well, no one's gonna know that this comes out when it comes out to you, but to us, it's gonna come out next week. Is it, or are we gonna do the other one we just recorded next week? No, I think we should do this one next week. Why? Because I can tell you what my Oscar predictions are. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go through that again? Yeah. Just for fun? All well, right. we could just name... I don't, I don't want to go through all of them, but I think... Hold on. Let's do the big ones. I'll pull it back up. What? Best Picture? Yeah. So what do you think is going to win Best Picture? Let's I think you. A Star is Born is going to win Best Picture. Okay. No, well, I haven't seen A Star is Born. I haven't seen most of these movies, actually. <laughs> but I'm going either Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I like Bohemian Rhapsody a lot. I don't think it deserves it, but I could picture it winning. Okay. All right, lead actor. Chris, just, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, Viggo Mortensen. I want to say Rami Malek's going to win, and okay. I haven't seen that movie, but... He killed it. Killed it. I mean... Yeah. I think he's probably going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's him or Christian Bale. I like how we can guess who we think is going to win without even seeing the movie. That's how you know it's rigged. It's not, it's not rigged. It's just kind of, it's kind of easy to... <laughs> just totally you know. picture. This blows up in the media. And it all starts by word of mouth. Like, I heard on this one podcast, the Oscars are rigged. Some guy's like, no! And then it's water cooler talk. And then it all comes back and just burns us to the ground. <laughs> it's not rigged. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> All right, lead actress. I haven't seen any of these movies, so I'm just going to leave this one to you. Uh, Roma, oh, I guess I'll say who it, who got nominated. Yeltiza, Apicario, Roma, Glenn Close, The Wife, Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, Lady Gaga, Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. That's my guess. I don't know. <laughs> you can't be wrong. I right. was right. <laughs> All right, director, Spike Lee. Alfonso Cuaron. Alfonso Cuaron, yeah, he's going to win it for sure. Um, animated short. Yeah, <laughs> Cinematography, which is not important because it's going to be... Alfonso Cuaron's going to win again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. First time a director wins both director and cinematography. Very cool. I'm saying like it's gonna happen. Very cool. Congratulations. If, I just picture like he wins both of those, and then because there's no host this year, all the like mini hosts come out and just give him all the Oscars. He's <laughs> arms full of Oscars. Well, you know what? It that film is in black and white, mm. and it's so beautiful. It looks yeah. so good, and I think people like sometimes listen to black and white, mm. and then that's it. But like you have to shoot black and white for black and white. You have yeah. to really do it properly. And that's a, a film that's really done black and white properly. I thought that was a beautiful movie. Why? What made it done properly? The way it looked. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I got that. <laughs> you gotta light. <laughs> Get into more detail here, man. Well, you, when you don't have color, you have to light for contrast. And you, if you don't have contrast in a black and white film, it's very flat. Mm. It doesn't look good. It's no shape. And that was... Uh, the thing that was so great about it it was lit like beautiful and obviously in color it would have probably looked really cool too but y- there are differences in lighting when you do black and white versus color so I think that's why and you can tell that film was shot very very well mm-hmm. so yeah cool yeah alright what are we talking about this week with you? Uh, 
Other was... than him winning all the Oscars. <laughs> he deserves it. That was a great film. I'm excited to watch it. Um, yeah, we, had a, uh, we have a Mexican friend who watched it. What was his comment about it? <laughs> He's like, oh, honestly, if I wasn't Mexican, I think I would have hated that movie. <laughs> yeah. I can see why a lot of people are might be like, oh, I don't like Realm, it's dumb. Is it weird? Like no, super not, slow? No, it's not weird. It's it's slow in the fact that it doesn't move like a regular movie. Like the pacing is strange? Yeah, the pacing is slow, but mm. I think you have to watch that movie ready to take it in. Like, I really liked it because I was... It's heavy, eh? I wouldn't say it's heavy. It's got some moments, but if you don't watch the movie with an intention to let it enter you, <laughs> then you're not going to enjoy it. If you're just like, just make me happy, movie. Because some people go into movies like that. They're like, do something to me. And it's like, <laughs> shut up. It's not going to do anything to you. Watch it. <laughs> Your brain's supposed to do the work, you idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, but you have to go into it ready to accept it, I guess. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But yeah, what are we talking about this week? Talking about writing. What about writing? And how to improve as a writer. Okay, so the real question is, how do you improve as a writer? Exactly. So give the answer. You gotta be born with it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's real simple, okay? You write something, and then you look at it, and then you do something better. Exactly. And repeat, I mean, that's all you gotta do. <laughs> Some dude just checked his phone. <laughs> He's like, damn it! Someone shows up when we're recording. He's got like a, a Swiss army knife. You owe me a phone. <laughs> I was bored with it. Now what? <laughs> they're, they're not even mad because we said something dumb. They're mad because they believed us. <laughs> what? Alright, so this topic came up because um, I just finished writing a script and it was something that's based on existing IP that I absolutely 110% do not have the rights to. <laughs> yeah. Like, at all. It was just something that I've always wanted to write. And we just finished this movie. It's the first thing I've written since. Mm. And I was like, this is something I've always wanted to write. I'm just going to have some fun with it. I've had this idea percolating within me for years. Mm. So I did. It probably took me three months. Wrote a draft, and... It, I wanted to do it for a bunch of reasons. I wanted to do it because I love the IP it's based off of. No, I'm not going to say what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I've had this idea in my head for a while, and almost more importantly than both of those, it's the total opposite of anything I've written in the last three years. I actually have never written, really written anything like it. Like most of the things I write are for the pr purpose of us making them. You know, like right. I've written things that are, would, should they be made, would need five, ten million dollars. But this is like a hundred million dollars, easy. <laughs> There's a ton of money needed to make so this. You never into it thinking you're gonna make it. Yeah, it's never gonna get made ever. But having said that, yeah, my wife's gonna kill me for that. <laughs> uh, I had a blast writing it. Um, you always hear people say, you need to be able to write within the voice of a character. It was a a huge benefit to write in the voice of pre-existing characters that I adore for this. Uh, it got me out of headspaces of using dialogue for things, because when you have micro-budget films, you, you can't do set pieces, you can't do big things really, like you gotta use dialogue a little bit more heavily than you would if you had unlimited money. So like the first 50 pages of this script, I 
the new one I just wrote, I think there's like five pages of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just action and description and set pieces and whatnot. And it was really freeing to get into just a completely different headspace, write for characters that already exist, and just kind of let all the shackles fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told the team this, and I said it'd be great to do an episode on how to get better. Or you suggested how to get better at writing after I told you this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing I would definitely say. Like, just write something for the fun of it. You don't have the rights. Don't sweat it. Just do it for fun. You know, do it to get better at your craft. Do it because you think it's. You have a really clear vision for it, and you can execute it well. Just do it because you think it's going to be good. You're going to blast writing it, and you'll be able to learn from it. Mm. That'd be one of my biggest. It's tips. a writing exercise, really. You know. Yeah, gigantic writing exercise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you say, like, if someone was like, "I want to get better at writing," give me one thing to do. I think there, there's got to be some structure to a routine. Mm-hmm. You can't be like you know I'm gonna be a really good writer and then you like sprinkle in writing like every few months or something yeah you have to yeah. do it every day mm-hmm. if not writing every day even something thinking about writing well no I actually mean you have to write even thinking mm. about it might not be enough okay let me just explain what I meant about thinking about it yeah I don't mean hey I should really write today and then not doing it that's not what I'm talking about I'm yeah. talking about like plotting in your head like even that I don't think is enough Okay. I think you have to actually sit down and write mm-hmm. every day okay. to get better as a writer. Because even if you're thinking about it, it doesn't translate to written words on the page. Yeah, If you're thinking amazing. about it in front of a computer with the program open, and then you've thought of something, that might be something I could say is mm-hmm. writing. But if you're not writing every day, um, then I don't think you're going to get better. Yeah. Um, so you've got to add that into a routine where you can sit down every day at least for an hour and do some writing because mm. um, I think that's the mistake a lot of people make is they'll dwell too much and they'll not actually act and if you don't write every day then you're not, not going to get better at it when you write um, what's your writing schedule look like? Um, a lot of the times it'll either be early in the morning after I've kind of gotten up or later into the evening when I've finished all my stuff so I'll sit down for an hour hour and a half and just start writing um, and if I if I come up with two pages or if I've rewritten two pages I've already written or if I add like six new pages that's enough for me so you don't necessarily have a I would write three pages every day it's just you write until you feel satiated yeah there's no there's no like page count or I'm not like timing myself mm. but I'm doing something there has to be some work done by that by the time I finish um, the session mm. so I'm not worried about like if I get like 10 words on the page or like 20. There has to be some effort put into actually writing. So I think that's what I mean by it. So just progress. Yeah, you've got to have some progress. Because yeah. if you don't practice daily, it's not going to be, become a part of you. Because mm. think about if, you, if you're hired to write a screenplay for a company or for a film, and you don't do that every day, it's going to be such a difficult thing to try and do that now. Yeah. Especially on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Especially when people pay you and expect you to do something good. Yep. And you're just like, I think about writing and do it every, like, seven days. It's like, that's not enough. It's got to be part of your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're an editor and you edit, like, six times a year, then you have to edit a film. Like, what skills have you acquired? Yeah, for sure. So, you've got to make it a part of your life. 
I'll tell you something from a, a producer standpoint too of something that I've done. So one little test that I'll give to writers that I've met through various avenues is I'll meet these writers sometimes and they say I've wanted to get this short off the ground for a lot of years and I'll read it and it's like okay it's alright I'll give them a simple task of hey it'd be great but can you just go into the script and underneath it give me thoughts of how you think it could be better that's it mm -hmm. nothing else and most of the time they don't do it <laughs> so that's one little thing like if you're in the habit of writing and someone like if I, you're writing a script or you just finished writing a script mm -hmm. and I told you that would you be able to say like yeah no problem I'll touch on a few notes or would you be like yeah no problem and then just totally never do it never take notes never do like the little menial thing I oh you mean the like producer asked you to, to do take notes from someone else you mean never like make adjustments like I asked the guy yeah just read your script and tell me what you think could be done better oh read your own script yeah your own script oh okay I mean, it, that's tough because I think there's always something. You're always mm -hmm. going to like, it could be better dialogue, it could be tighter, yeah, it could course. make it shorter. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard to come up with something. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's really a, super useful to everyone. Like, it, that could depend on the writer that you're talking to. Because, like, I, I don't think I would find that exercise useful to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm, I'm more like, just tell me what you think. And I'll t like, I'll, I'd rather get notes from someone about the thing and work off that. But I think one thing that would be useful is to always get someone's opinion. Yeah. To not be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would be a mistake to not get anyone to look at the thing you've worked on and assume that it's good. Um, so I guess that would be something to look at, not to just like write in a bubble and never show it to anyone. I think it's really good to always get someone's opinion on something. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it's big. Yeah, I think that's one of the easiest ways to get better too, is just you're always going to know the way you view what you've written right and one of the biggest tests is have the words that I've chosen to make this script do they have the intent that I wanted them to so when someone else reads it it's like I got lost in the action description here I didn't quite know what you were going for with this emotion that kind of thing and when you get those notes better that is a really Honestly, I'd say almost the easiest way to get better at writing, <laughs> taking in those notes and trying to fix things that didn't work. And the tough thing about, like, because I, I think it's like that thinking that a lot of artists will have is they'll write and be like, oh, I can't let anyone's, you know, ideas ruin my vision. Yeah. But there's, I think there's a difference between someone giving you suggestions on how to make it better. Mm-hmm versus someone trying to change your vision. Yeah. But you might run into both. I think you just have to be aware of which one you've got in front of you. If someone's actually just giving you some feedback that might improve the thing, someone who's trying to just change your whole story. Yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't work. I don't like that. He's a superhero. It's like, that's the point of the thing. <laughs> He's a superhero. But if someone's like, 
maybe you should limit what his powers are so he's not like Superman and, mm-hmm. and give him some flaws and that, that could be a good suggestion um, if you're writing that superhero movie um, but I'm just saying like there's a difference between someone trying to help you and someone trying to manipulate what you've written to something else yeah um, but getting feedback is super important I think it's naive to not think that your thing could improve mm-hmm. and that what you've written is perfect or, or good enough on the first draft yep it's pretty rare yeah um, do you ever read screenplays no like, it, like the professional professional ones sometimes do you find that's a helpful exercise in improving your writing for sure I think if it's a screen usually it won't start with I'm looking for good screenplays because mm-hmm. I hate reading screenplays I find yeah, it very I do. boring I like to read I like to read books because mm-hmm. that's what they're meant for scripts aren't meant to be read mm-hmm. so that's why I think they're boring yeah that's <laughs> totally fair they're supposed to be movies but if I see a movie that I really like and I'm like oh that that was so good I love and usually it's because I, I really love how um, dialogue is written because mm-hmm. um, you can't see that on a film because action just is action yeah um, so if I really like how dialogue is written then I'll try to find the screenplay and read it and see how close it was to what was actually shot and, yeah and if there are any differences and, and I find that very useful but for the most part I think if you read screenplays it'll help you with seeing how other writers do that how mm-hmm. they tackle those issues how screenplays are written. Format, huge. Yeah, that's how I learned screenplay format is from reading screenplays. <laughs> but also just style. Like, everyone writes differently and style is very evident when you see a writer's work, like, in front of you and how they choose to do things. Um, so I think reading screenplays is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't just get locked up in, like, I'm going to read all the best screenplays and I'll be good. Yeah. Because you have to develop your own style and your own way of doing things because you can't just copy other people's work yeah for sure um, so it'll help you and inform you but I think from there you've got to kind of go in your own direction and make some choices for yourself so I would recommend reading screenplays for mm-hmm. sure um, but also reading in general I think if you don't read anything at oh. all ever um, writing becomes a little difficult because yeah. in, just in general even till today my, my vocabulary is expanding mm-hmm I'm learning new words all the time yep. and I think just expanding that and just seeing how other writers and novelists and stuff put words together it just helps you become a better writer in general so I do like to read and I do like to read screenplays sometimes when it's a movie I really like but I would recommend it if you're going to do some writing yeah yeah uh, when you go to start writing do you so like you'll go to start writing and I would be shocked if you didn't have a good idea of tone by the time you're like, I'm going to start writing this. Now, having said that, God damn it, I said it again. <laughs> um, do you choose which words to include based on that tone and which words to exclude? So for example, like with the new movie we just did, there's certain instances where I just straight up talk to the reader mm-hmm. on the page. Um, I had one line I remember we, we were describing the beach mm-hmm. and I was like if flat earthers were probably right or if flat earthers were right which they aren't the edge of the world would probably look like this so yeah. that's me like 
making a little joke with the reader to just kind of describe how the thing looks. Right. And then with this new thing that I wrote that's total spec and mm-hmm. I don't have the rights to, it's very gunmetal gray, almost. There's... I don't do any talking to the person reading it. It's very hard. Like, it, if the new movie we... We just did kind of feels like a playful summer day. This, the writing of this, I wanted it to feel like steel. Like it's hard, it's overbearing, it's heavy, and there's not a whole lot of round edges or, I don't know, niceties. (laughs) Do you ever think in that way when you go in to start writing? Uh, Mine's style stays pretty consistent Mm. with everything I write but I will change little things based on the tone of the thing and kind of the energy I think it deserves like what kind of things? like I I don't usually ever write anything addressing the reader Mm -hmm. specifically but I'm starting to find even now that I'm changing even the shape of the page Mm -hmm. when I write now to add more space between everything and and kind of put words in interesting places and I'm, I'm finding I'm using bolding and yeah. italics a lot more now because I'm 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 trying to figure out how to really make the the thing come to life on page yeah definitely because as I said I think screenplays are boring and I don't want mine to come off super boring so I try to do little things with the formatting that being said I don't like put anything in color unless it's like super important Mm -hmm. or I don't like change format or font or anything like that I keep it pretty standard yeah I've never done any of that either um, but there's an instance in the new thing that I'm working on where there's one piece of text that I want in color Mm -hmm. which is very weird but it's this this one thing that I want to do is that because when you shoot it you want it to be that color exactly yeah Um, and it's very specific and it's very important Mm -hmm. to the film so I do, I do things like that because I think that actually helps the reader when they're seeing it. And anything that's going to be a descriptor of the scene or the place or the, or, the, or the look of anything, I try to make that very clear in the writing as well. Um, and, if, and if there's anything like that that you can't get across on the page, I think you have to reassess how you're going to write that mm-hmm. where it becomes clear to the person reading it. Because I think a lot of the times like people will become too artsy in their writing I try to be very not artistic when I write I think that's plays. a good idea I try to be very matter of fact and this is what's happening mm-hmm. um, but I, sometimes I do sweeten it a little just to kind of give the, the feeling of what the thing I'm describing is mm-hmm. sometimes writers will be like we start on nothing yeah and blackness enters you it's like what the fuck does that mean like you yeah. start on nothing and nothing happens on screen because what you've said makes no sense like don't write like that I'm, I'm saying don't write like that because I think that is super not how screenplay should be written because that's yeah. like what you want from a novel yeah I think another trap like it's very similar to that is overwriting yeah. I remember I told you this a while back someone sent me a script I think it was only like 20-30 pages something around there and I couldn't even make it through the first page I couldn't make it through the first paragraph it was so overwritten Mm -hmm. like I can't remember what they were describing but they described it 
to death and then beyond. Yeah. Like, by the time it started, I was like, oh, I think I know what they're talking about. And then by the end of the paragraph, I was already lost. Like, what is this? And, yeah, and if that's your first, you should never have any paragraphs like that. (laughs) But if it's your first, and I'm like, okay, I've spent the last three minutes trying to decipher this paragraph, and I still don't understand it. I'm not going to read any more of this. Yeah, I, I like my. I, I'm not, I don't want to make recommendations on how people should write, but mm. one thing that I'm trying to do now is break up my paragraphs, yeah. break up my actions so there's space between them. Because yeah. I, I really hate seeing big chunks of writing on pages yeah, personally. I agree. And I don't like to write like that because I'm, I'm like, if I see a screenplay and there's just a big block of like action it's not intimidating like, you don't dialogue, want to read it you can get through dialogue pretty quickly so if there's yep. like longer pieces I think it's okay but if there's like a giant block of action mm-hmm. I'm already like I don't want to read that yeah for sure it's gonna take me three minutes that's so much time yeah <laughs> and I find a lot of the time with action too if you have like seven lines of action mm-hmm. it and it's even somewhat involved yeah. It's really easy to get lost. Yeah. So like, if you just took right in the middle and hit enter, at a, a point where like it just feels like there's a little beat a break. in the action, yeah. then that is so much easier to read. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's one thing to keep in mind because at the level where we are at, working with a lot of independent people, and mm-hmm. I honestly have not met a lot of strong writers. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, I'll read something and it'll have like a few problems and that might be it's overwritten mm-hmm. or it's too simple where there's no subtext could you give an example um yeah there's a project i worked on when i got the script i read it mm. and this person submitted it to a screenplay competition and they won first place somewhere and they're like oh this is i'm so excited i'm gonna make this and i, I had nothing to do with writing or pre-production i was just mm-hmm. on on set to work on the film yeah but I remember when I saw the script, I was like, this is so boring. Mm-hmm. Because it was so matter-of-fact. There's no subtext. Um, and it and the writing itself felt very uh, unrealistic, like the way people talked. Mm-hmm. And that being said, not everyone writes dialogue in a realistic way. Yeah. But it sounded like robots talking. And I was like, <laughs> like who talks like this? So I kind of yeah. got mad. I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they won a competition and thought that this was a good script. It was yeah. not a good script. Um, Did, here's a quick question for you. It wasn't good to read it. When you were on set and you saw the, I assume, actors acting it, was yeah. it any better then, or was it the same, this is bad? It was still really bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to make good writing, bad writing good. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And, like, personally, I, I don't like to do a ton of improv when I'm working with actors on set. Mm-hmm. With, with something I've written I like to have them read what I've written mm-hmm. so I try really hard in my writing to make things sound like people would talk yeah. um, but it's different for everyone like I write stuttering and repeated consonants and like mistakes into my writing because mm-hmm. I want people to talk exactly like yeah well I, I mean if it's a personality trait then you want that to come through yeah why not but just in general like it's very rare that someone just speaks fluently all the time people yeah. stutter and make mistakes and take pauses in their, in their speech all the time and I, ter- I try to write that into everything that I do just because I like that when I when I watch something I like to see that and hear that because I feel like that's kind okay. of how I work but you know some people write like very clear perfect 
writing that's compelling as well like Aaron mm. Sorkin's stuff is like amazing yeah but it's just like long and and super no sp- one second guesses himself yeah <laughs> it's super smart and, and well written and and it's almost like a punch to the face you're like holy crap that was that was a speech <laughs> but not everyone speaks like that but I don't think it's about making it realistic I think it's mm. about making it effective yeah so I think there's two ways of making it effective but there's sometimes when it's super like wooden and you're like what is this like who who's gonna read this mm-hmm. um, so I think that's one thing be careful about how you write people talking to each other mm-hmm. don't don't worry about grammar and don't worry about all that stuff like I write slang into my stuff I take mm-hmm. letters away from words yes yeah, I, 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 I use tons of like abbreviations um, when it comes to like how you pronounce things because I think that's mm-hmm. how people talk sometimes yeah. so I think that's how you should write um, if you're going for that style mm-hmm uh, like I'll take the the G off the end of words sometimes because I don't think people pronounce the G all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you say running, running goes running, so I take the G off sometimes. Forrest Gump does. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's an example you might want to leave it in and make that a point. But like, I think about these things. So I think it's important. So when you when you do writing, you should pay attention to stuff because I think that's what makes you a better writer is the attention to the detail. Yep. Yeah, so that's another point that you should consider. Could not agree more. Um, I guess another thing that would make writing seem bad is when... We can make this part two. Yeah, is when when it's overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you do too much with something. Uh, adding in, like, a bunch of elements and and, like, crazy, like, moments and, like, explosions and like 12 characters and it becomes very complicated because you you gotta be really conscious that you're not overloading yeah those aren't easy to write Mm -hmm. I think it's understood that like action movies are kind of hard to write Mm -hmm. especially on the page because there's so much happening and you have to make it come across on the page Um, I find personally and and from things I've I've read like it's a lot easier to write things that are dramatic Mm -hmm. or are things that are like closer to that indie comedy feel because on the page it's very easy to get across what you want but if you're making a sci-fi epic or some giant like end of the world movie you have to write those things well Mm. because it's not always going to come across like a giant explosion that's just like amazing and breathtaking and absolutely looks cool on screen might not come across Mm. on page so how do you make that just write bang yeah <laughs> so like when you overcomplicate your script with all these things but you don't know how to write them mm-hmm. and, and show them to people on the page it becomes difficult yep. so your writing has to be very good when it comes to stuff like that I think yeah yeah totally well tell you what I do think we have a lot more to talk about so let's make this part two um, do we though? I don't know do we? I feel like I've covered a lot <laughs> we'll listen to this and if we feel the need we'll do a part two so it's not promised. It's up in the air. If we show up and we're like, you don't get a part two, then you don't get one. Deal with it. We might do like a little recap. Part one point... Uh. What? <laughs> it's French, Latif. One point one? Yes. Oh. <laughs> they had a stroke. <laughs> that would be hilarious. One point... Uh. Uh. It's like, what's wrong with your cheek? <laughs> Why did it fall? <laughs>
Uh, yes. Until next time, we are Filmcraft. Pippa.io. Podcast hosting service, PIPBA.io. They're awesome. Cool. Check them yeah. out. If you want to be a good writer, just be born with it. <laughs> and break your phone. <laughs> <laughs>